You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I did my first show ever in fourth grade at the drama club. Um, I was, I think I was Mama Bear's chair and Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Wait, a um, chair? A chair. Oh, oh yeah, I was the chair. Oh, wait, um, let's, get, let's get into this a bit more. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I fully was Mama Bear's chair and, you know... We, I think everybody had their little part of the rhyme. And I don't even know if I can't even remember what the true story of Goldilocks was. But yeah, I, I walked on stage. I had like a, a, um, a board on me that looked, made me look like a chair. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com and you'll be on your way with a one-week trial working with your own Broadway fitness coach. Uh, We've been on the stage. We've spent plenty of time in the fitness centers across the country. So if you need some help, Marrying together your fitness journey with your theatrical career, we're the place for you. Special thanks to Broadway Podcast Network. You can check them out at bpn.fm. All right, let's get to it. Special guest, as always, on the pod. We've got a swing king with us today, <laughs> currently in the cast of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Please welcome to the podcast, Spencer LaRue. Hey, Spencer. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, Spencer's calling from Brooklyn right now. I'm down in Miami. It's the holiday season. It's uh, December 23rd when we're recording this. Currently, uh, Spencer's kicking his feet up because the show is on a just a short, short hiatus. They're going to be back in, in just a brief. second. <laughs> they're going to be back. We we're, fingers crossed. Just just in no yeah. time, in no time. But until then, uh, Spencer, let's get to know you a bit. Have our listeners uh, just get a little background on you. Um, where are you from originally? I am originally from a city called Lakeland um, in Florida, and it's. I, I usually tell people that I am. I just say I'm from Disney World. Because <laughs> um, I'm like I'm like 30 minutes from Disney, but I'm right in between Orlando and Tampa. Did you spend a lot of time in Disney when you were growing up? Oh yeah, yeah. Did you I have had, Did you have the year long pass when you could show up anytime? Oh yeah, I had an annual pass for quite a few years, but my aunt worked there, and so it got to the point where we just dropped the annual pass, and she got us in free whenever, like when I would go less free. Oh, excuse me. Less frequently. Uh huh. Did you ever have like dreams and aspirations to perform at Disney? Oh yeah. When I was sixteen, I 
this, they used the age used to be 16 there and then they've upped it to 18 and they might have lowered it back but i went i skipped school to go to a dance audition and they pulled me out of the dance audition and had me um re-audition and do callbacks for peter pan to be one of the face characters and i ended up getting approved to play him in the parks but they never like made the second call that was like hey come in because mm. right around that time they upped it to 18 oh, gotcha, um, gotcha. but i was very close and then i like through college would like audition for their equity dancers and stuff like that but mm-hmm. yeah once i once i got to the city i was like mm, maybe not <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, uh, uh, Bill for the Stage fam member, Adam Perry, um, Broadway vet, he grew up in Tennessee and his lifelong aspiration was to perform in Dollywood. So, wow. (laughs) and he, he too never actually got to perform in Dollywood, but Hey, it, it all worked out for him. Hey, Um, whatever sparks your dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when did you start dancing? You obviously are a very talented dancer. You've been in uh, Newsies, I think I saw. You have yeah. some tumbling uh, background. Tell us a little bit about just how you got into performing and just, uh, yeah, spreading your wings a bit as far as developing as a dancer. Yeah, I so I did my first show ever in fourth grade at the drama club. Um, I was, I think I was Mama Bear's chair and Goldilocks and the Three Bears. <laughs> Wait, a um, chair? A chair. Oh, oh yeah, I was the chair. Oh, wait, um, let's get let's get into this a bit more. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um no, yeah, I fully was Mama Bear's chair and you know, we I think everybody had their little part of the rhyme and I don't even know if I can't even remember what the true story of Goldilocks was. But yeah, I I walked on stage. I had like a, a um a board on me that looked made me look like a chair said my little thing but then oh this just reminded me it's like my first experience as a swing we were there was two like uh page to stage shows going on there was goldilocks and then some other show but the narrator couldn't show up the night so i had to go on and read as the narrator for the other show so swings matter swings save shows even at the fourth grade level Absolutely. Um, that's the hot, that's the hot topic nowadays. We'll definitely get into your experience oh, yeah. as a swing with Harry Potter. Um, but talk to us a little bit. Let's fast forward throughout um, you training to be a performer. You go to Michigan and yeah. you graduate in 20 and you graduate in 2019, um, not very long ago. How was that transition when you know it looked like things were going to be business as usual as far as what happens to a kid when they graduate and they go to try to just chase the dream. But then this little thing happened in March of 2020 um, <laughs> called the coronavirus. How did <laughs> tell us about your experience of graduating and then thinking that you were going to start doing your thing, or maybe you did start doing your thing and then the pandemic happened. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, I was excited when I got out of school. I was you know, I had been, I've been performing nonstop since I was in ninth grade. Um, so like coming out of school, I showcased and got quite a few agent meetings. I was luckily, lucky enough to 
get those. And, you know, I did the thing that a college student is supposed to do. I went on the agent meetings. I found an agent. I signed with DGRW and loved them. And I, you know, I did my first show out of college, which was Oklahoma in California at um, Broadway Music Circus. And like, Mm. so I was, I was living what I thought was the dream. And then I came back and like, you know, all my friends were auditioning for Harry Potter. And I was like, ah, that sounds fun. I feel left out. I want to do it. So I got an audition and, you know, it was, I would say within my first like 15 to 20 auditions out of school that because I was gone for a month and, you know, and so everything was alive. Everything felt great. And I actually booked Harry Potter in September after graduating in May. Um, And then, you know, I got to like slow down for a second because I was like, I have this show and it's kind of hard to audition for tours and other things when like my contract began in January. Mm -hmm. So I had a few months just to like sit down. So I got a job. I made friends in the city. I got to know the city, which I felt like was special to me because I got to just like, you know, live and not have to worry about doing theater so much. Yeah. Um, and then I started Harry Potter in January. It was awesome. It was, I, I was dealing a lot with like imposter syndrome because I was, you know, 23 walking into this Broadway rehearsal room being like, okay, yeah. I guess. How, how did guess you, I'm how here. did you work? How did you work with that? How did you work through that? Um, that's the thing. I don't know. I, I, it's just what I knew how to do. I like, I used my dance training. I just like, I was looking back. I'm realizing I was like running on fumes. Um, just cause it's always what I had done. It was, it was a program to do, but I had never worked on something so big. Mm. And like I, all through high, all through college, I was a dancer in the ensemble until our last show, I finally like played a principal part. And here I was in a Broadway play, not a musical, a play. And I was covering at the time five ensemble parts and the lead and my onstage swing track. Mm. So I was just kind of like, let's do it, I guess. The hardest part was memorizing two plays because we were in two parts at the time. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, when you first entered, was it still a two-part play? Yeah, it was still a two-part, five-and-a-half-hour mm-hmm. theatrical event. Yeah, yeah. They called it. Um, I, uh, I saw, the, man, the, the time now just is lost on me because of the pandemic, but I either saw both uh, parts late 2019 or early 2020. I'm not mm. really sure. Um, met up with James Brown the third who no longer is in the cast, but uh, JB3 and I kind of hung out that day. Um, Love the show. It's crazy what you all do up there. Um, Okay, so yeah, you're you're an ensemble member primarily, you say, uh, in college or growing up. You get get a lead, then you get to the show, and then all of a sudden you're expected to cover – five tracks when you all and the lead when you say the lead are you talking about harry potter's son is that who you're referring to uh no i covered draco's son scorpio got, got it um 
yeah and then so I was just like okay let's do it like of course and I kept telling myself I'm like meant to be here I'm meant to be here this is what I do this is like I and so and I was just baffled by the fact that I was in a play the kid who does musicals and like lives and breathes musicals is in a play where there's no singing there's dancing there's definitely dancing there's a lot of movement um so I kind of just like took it and ran and you know I was I was excited to be there I had could do the work. I did all the work. I did exactly what I needed to do. Um, and I think that was, that was it. I didn't mm. like, it didn't feel like art at the time. It just felt like, yep, I'm here. I'm scared, but I'm going to do it. And I did it. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's a good teaching point for everyone to fall back on when either it's the imposter syndrome of a show, whether it's you're nervous as hell in audition or, if you were talking fitness, you're you're about to try to attempt something. It's really just about falling back onto your technique, like you had mentioned, um, and your foundation. Because if your foundation is solid, it's easy to kind of just rely on that in the midst of maybe the chaos going on in your mind. Yeah, exactly that. And you know, I made mistakes in rehearsals. I made mistakes during that process. I was like fresh out of college, still in like the partying mindset. And so like we would go out after rehearsals and drink and then like hang out and, you know, some days not realizing like I had a rehearsal the next morning. And so like Mm -hmm. mistakes were made and I've learned from them. And, you know, then the show is progressing and progressing and progressing. We get into tech. We tech the entire show, all five and a half hours of it. And the last day of tech before our first dress rehearsal um, was March 12th. And that's kind of when it all shut down. We didn't even stage bows. They told us in the middle of rehearsal, they were like, hey, we're going to finish teching this show, but we are shutting down for two weeks, (laughs) which we all know turned out to be a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it kind of wrecked me. Yeah. But now but now looking back, I'm like, that was probably sans the pandemic part of it. The break from everything was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. I got to like focus on myself outside of the realm of theater yeah. and and know who Spencer is, know how to exist like on my own in New York, how to function without going to rehearsal every day. And without yeah. the thought of doing a show and without, so I, I found solace and I mm-hmm. like fell in love with performing again. I allowed my body to heal. That was a big thing as I was injured in college and fixed it kind of, but there was such the mindset before the pandemic of just push through, push through, do the show, do the show. Yeah. And I came back from summer, summer break into a show and I was like, hey, I'm injured. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't be in the dance show. And they were like, cool, you're in the dance show. By the way, tumble in the dance show. And I was like, so, so did no one hear me? <laughs> awesome. Um, but I ended up getting better to where it was fine. But then like, it would just after fatigue would get like flare up again. Sure. Um, but now after the pandemic, I, you know, 
stopped forcing myself to dance so much. I stopped forcing myself to work through pain. Um, and now I have no pain. I've, my body is healed. And now moving back into this realm of audition or rehearsals and the show coming up again, I, as opposed to feeling like I could do it back then, I'm now like ready and able to do it. I feel like I, I can take on the job rather than the job taking me by the hand and just like yanking me. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, well, great. That's amazing that you had that journey, um, in the midst of, you know, the, the craziness of the pandemic. So now that you're back, um, last week you had said, um, you've gone on for a few tracks. One of them you, you hadn't even had much rehearsal time for talk us through a couple of those shows that you got to go on and, and the experience (laughs) of stepping up to the plate and, and, uh, you know, saving the show. Yeah. So the way our covers work at Harry Potter, um, we have covers that live in the ensemble um, for every track. There's two, at least two covers per role in the show. Um, so we have, there's like an adult ensemble, the student ensemble, and then the seven principles that we call Scoobies. Um, and every single one of them has two to three covers. I think everyone that I cover has two, but I am a swing in the show. I'm an onstage swing. So I have my, cause it used to be five hours. They were like, do something so you don't get bored. So we're in these big scenes. Um, but yeah, I, so for names in the show, um, I cover Jan Fredericks, Carl Jenkins, uh, James Potter Jr., which is Harry's oldest son, um, who also plays Cedric Diggory. And I cover Craig Bowker Jr. and Scorpius Malfoy. Um, it's a lot in our show because they're all doing a lot of different things, moving suitcases, placing them, moving set pieces, plus dancing, plus doing their um, everything else. But on the sorry to interrupt the transitions that you all help facilitate the transitions are just magnificent yeah they're everything is an illusion or like a movement piece in this show Mm -hmm. um but yeah so tuesday um of last week i was headed into rehearsal because we were doing understudy rehearsals under the show so we started like rehearsing some of our tracks and then we were starting to tech them. And last week we had a tech through of act one in our understudy tracks on Friday. So I was going in early on Tuesday to go up to our rehearsal room upstairs and run through the couple tracks that I was doing in that rehearsal. And as I'm heading to rehearsal, I get a text from someone I cover and they were like, Hey, I tested positive for COVID. Um, just letting you know, I don't know what that means for you. Or it was, they texted me and the other cover. And they were like, I don't know what that means for you guys. But just letting you know something's <laughs> Good probably luck. coming down the pipe. <laughs> right. And that was at 2 o'clock for a 7 o'clock show. Um, and so I just I was like, okay, cool. Like, at this point, will we even have a show? Who knows? 
And so I headed in, got tested, went to the gym. And the second my test came back negative, stage management had texted me and was like, hey, you're going on for Jan. What do you need? And I was like, okay, um, I'm going to head in and I'm going to just run my tracks upstairs. Because I, at this point, had not had a put in for him, for the character of Jan. And they were like, you're probably not going to get one. <laughs> but what do you need to run? <laughs> and I was like, um, you know, really big things. They're like the things that involve the stairs and like illusions and that stuff I would like to run. And I eventually got to run it. Um, and that that day was stressful just because I was dealing with a lot of set changes and costume changes and like things that I had, I had never shadowed the Yon character backstage. I had never, and that's the thing that like, you don't think about when you're going into a swing track is like you watch everybody on stage. You're like, Oh, cool. I got that. There is a whole other show backstage that if you were walking in the wrong spot at the wrong time, you can get hit with a stare. You're going to get like run over by someone that's running to a quick change. That's faster than yours. Like it's a whole other show. So I was just kind of making up my traffic and, at this point, there was a lot of shove with love. And like my dresser was like, we're over here now. Oh, we're over. And like, I kind of knew where to go. But mm-hmm. like, these are just things you don't experience until you get there. And so that show ends. It went great. Did, I, you, did, that, you, have, did you have fun? Are you the type of person that likes that kind of stuff? Or with yeah. the adren- adrenaline rush of it all? Yeah, I was... I had fun. I had fun. I distinctly remember i the first like 15 minutes of a show is what we call the montage and it's set up to be like in movies where it literally just like flashes through time very quickly and you get vignettes of because we go through their first four years of school in i think the new montage is seven minutes Mm. um and so it's very quick and you know, you're running to this spot, you're running off stage, you're grabbing this, you're running here, you're doing this, and it ends with this massive dance in one class. And I got off stage and our movement captain was like, how did it feel? How was it? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I was like, I was exactly where I needed to be. It was my, f- I've never been on this stage in the dark doing anything but like walking. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't remember what happened, but you know, it, I, after that part of the show, I started having fun and it was much less stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, I left that the theater that night and I was like, cool, like I've done it. Let's see if I can do it again tomorrow. And then <laughs> uh, Wednesday is a double show day. I wake up, I'm getting ready. I get a phone call at 9.45 a.m. saying hey and the thing is the person that i that plays yawn normally is also a scorpius cover i am a scorpius cover and the person playing yawn was out of the building so i was playing yawn so i'm the only scorpius cover at this point mm-hmm. um, i get a phone call at 9:45 saying hey so would you like to go on for scorpius tonight and they, it was, it was actually a nice phone call because they were like, you do not have to do this, but if we cancel the matinee 
and give you a full put in, can you do it? And I don't, yes, I knew I could do it. But at the moment I was like, ah, is this, is this the right idea? But I just was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Let's do it. And then it turned out to be the greatest decision I could have made. Cause I, I walked in, everybody was like very excited to do it, uh, to do the put in and like to see me do Scorpius. I was excited to see if I could do Scorpius, which for those who haven't seen the show, Scorpius is in 95% of it. Mm. Um, and he talks so much, <laughs> yeah. but, and he had deals with like a lot of illusions on the body. And so it was just like, and there was stuff I hadn't touched. Like he does a full polyjuice on stage and changes into another person that I've like only watched happen. So I had to like learn how to do that in my put in. I had never ridden the elevators on the stage. Mm. I had never, I had never, done anything for Scorpius on the stage. I'd only done a little bit in a rehearsal room. I would like, luckily have gone through all the scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. For those the, of you, sorry to interrupt you for those yeah. of you listening, if you aren't familiar with the show, if you, if you didn't see it, this is unlike a normal show that maybe someone would swing in for. It's not just like hitting your numbers or knowing your steps or knowing your lines. There's this whole element of magic involved in all of this craziness. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. So for you to just kind of have done it in a rehearsal room and and pulled it off after a, a quick little put in is crazy. So sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted yeah. to make sure our listeners know the magnitude of what you actually were stepping into. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, you know, it is one of those shows that like, it looks huge, but like there are so many moving pieces and like I had never run the quick changes, which from the two part to the one part version, some of the quick changes went from two minutes to 30 seconds. And they're like, I'm wet. I am, because there's a pool in the show. Yeah. So like I come out very of very cool, by the way, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> and like there's, there was just so much going on in the put in that I was like, okay, hit your mark, say your words, make sure you get through the illusions. Just like, so there will be a show tonight. And there's a part that was the original top of part two is now the top of act two of our show. Um, where Scorpius doesn't leave the stage for 30 minutes and he just keeps getting thrown into these scenes and he keeps doing them. And it, I had never once touched those scenes. I I had run them with like my boyfriend. I had run them with one of the other swings who covers Albus, but he's not in those scenes. Like I was dealing with characters I've never conversed with. Um, and so I was like, I got to the top of act two and I was like, if you can make it through this, you can do the show. You got this. And then we made it about halfway through act two and they were like, Hey, that's dinner break. So then I've not run the final battle. I've not uh. touched most of act two, which is hard 
it's just like, it's one of those things that like, you always want to go on fully prepared and then here you are and you're like, okay, cool. And then I showed up for the show. I, and you asked if I had fun with Jan, what surprised me going on for Scorpius is I had fun. Mm. I, it was, I was more stressed doing Jan <laughs> than I was going on for Scorpius that night. And like, why is that? I, I think it was like more like Jan is a very technical role of like just set changes and things that Jan touches. Yeah. Where Scorpius is a very difficult role, but a lot of the difficulty lies in, you know, just acting and saying all of the words that you have to say and, you know, still dealing with a lot of technical elements and like magic. And, uh, but I don't know what it was that just kind of like, I was like, you know what? I know the words. I'm just going to have some fun tonight. And Mm -hmm. it got to the point where I was, I felt free to try out jokes because, you know, he is the comedic character of the show. And I'm just like, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm just going to go for it. And it paid off in a really special way. And then I ended up getting to play him for the next two days. Amazing. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks. Uh, My last question uh, that I guess I should have gotten to towards the beginning. Did you grow up a Potterhead? Were you a big fan? Did this this mean a lot to you? Or were you just like, oh, cool. I got cast in Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I loved Harry Potter. I, I grew up on the movies. Um, I will be honest. I when I was like eleven or twelve, ten or eleven, I picked up the first book at the bookstore and read half of the first chapter. And I was like, "This is stupid," and I put it back. <laughs> Love and it. I was like, Love "I'm that. just gonna stick with the movies. They're great." Um, but I've always loved Harry Potter. I thought, I mean, I thought the movies were great. I grew up near Universal, so I went to Harry Potter World a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I picked up the books my senior year of college and I was like, let me read these. And I fell in love with them. And I was like, these are so much better than movies. I should have picked these up years ago. (laughs) And I was reading Goblet of Fire, the fourth book while I was auditioning, which is what our show deals a lot with is the fourth movie and Cedric and all of that stuff. I don't want to give away too much. But yeah, I, I've always, I've been a Potterhead, but not like the biggest. I, I mm-hmm. knew my house and like I knew who people were. Yeah, but I did not know anything about the lore. And now I feel like all I ever talk about is Harry Potter, and my friends are like, <laughs> "Shut up!" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> did you did you know this really cool thing happens?" <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. All right, Spencer, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone, make sure you give Spencer LaRue a follow on the gram. You can find his handle in the description of this episode as well as his website. Um, If you haven't checked out Harry Potter and the Cursed Child yet, you got to do it. You got to do it. So, uh, again, this is Joe Roscoe from Built for the Stage. You can check us out at builtforthestage.com. Until next time, we'll catch you later.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.